Good morning and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County and my guests today are Joe Brancato and Andrew Horn and we'll be discussing the 40th anniversary of Penguin Rep Theater in Stony Point. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Blavelt House located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. We're listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a newly designated New York State Path Through History site. And part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland County with the public. And we rely on financial support from membership and donations from people just like you. Membership in the Historical Society is growing, and we'd love to count you as a member. Visit our website at rocklandhistory.org and click the membership button to join in the fun. So before we begin, I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call-in show, and you are welcome to call us if you have a question or a comment. Our number here is 845-362-0013. That number again is 845-362-0013. So good morning, Joe Brancato and Andrew Horn. Good morning, Claire. Good morning, Claire. Thanks so much for being part of Crossroads of Rockland History and to tell us about uh, Penguin Rep. So before we begin speaking about your exciting 40th anniversary, why don't you take a moment to tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Why don't you start, Joe? Well, the Penguin Rep, of course, has been the centerpiece of my work as a director. I started, of course, born and raised in the Bronx. And as a child, I remember being drawn to doing shows in the alleyways of the Bronx between the buildings. And then later on, when I was in the service on the fantail of a ship, and then oh, after school, I decided to focus on teaching. I did that, and running right alongside of it was this discovery of this beautiful, beautiful barn at the Stony Point Conference Center in Stony Point. And once again, I realized I needed to direct, I needed to found a theater, and I did that. And uh, many people said, well, what are you doing, Joe, up here? What's going on? I couldn't answer them because, frankly, I didn't know what I was doing either. I was just operating from the gut. And I believe that somehow that that was my altar. That was the way in which I could affect change. That's the way I could influence people to feel a certain way, perhaps to make them laugh sometimes perhaps to stir the gray matter. So I founded this theater. My background is certainly in professional theater um, across the country. I directed regional theaters. I have to say that the experience from building this theater at Penguin has given me the opportunity to go to other places, bring our shows. The beauty part of this is that many of the productions that are done at the Penguin eventually wind up in countries, Canada, the West Coast, uh, Florida, across this country, and um, it's a very rewarding experience. And uh, here I am. I can't believe this, Claire, that we're entering our 40th anniversary season. You know, I, I'm, I can't believe how the time has flown and the amount of people, artists that I think back on who have graced our stage and our audiences have met over the years. The, the, the designers, the actors, the interns have all been touched by this experience, by the uh, generosity I personally have been shown by the community of Rockland and the Hudson Valley. And I, I'm very I suppose I am very proud of that, of that fact that it has grown to this extent and that people are looking forward to our new season. And I think 
We say this so often in our history, whether it was the Gulf War or the Reagan tax laws or whatever, whatever things we had to deal with over the years, this more than ever seems a great time for people to discover what um, you know, 90 minutes in a theater with live actors sitting next to people who care and are concerned and talk and feedback it, to be part of that community. I think we need that now perhaps more than ever we're finding. And how about you, Andrew? Tell us a little bit about your background. Well, my background is nowhere as colorful as Joe's, although I was born in the Bronx as well. I joined the theater during its third season as an actor, and then shortly thereafter moved into administration. Joe started the theater with Fran Newman McCarthy, and Fran and I for many years jointly ran the theater from the business side along with Joe's mom, Sue Brancato, who probably many, many audience members will remember because she was amazing at knowing our audience, our subscribers, who needed to sit where, who had problems with their right knee or their left knee, and and really gave a tremendous heart to the theater. My background, education-wise, is I studied literature and law. I'm also a lawyer and an arbitrator. Penguin is a professional theater. So, Joe, tell us what that means. Well, the first couple of years, obviously, in founding it in 1977, I just collected my thoughts, my ambitions together and worked off of incredible uh, local artists. And then it occurred to me after the second season that I did want to, in fact, bring to the county the experience of new plays, of new writers, of new voices that were happening in the theater with designers from different parts of the country and to establish an organization where the actors and all concerned, even the designers, were under a union protection, union guides, and certainly it was a huge movement forward for us, and that's where Andrew Horn's genius came into play because it had to be constructed on a theater of 108 seats and contracts had to be developed for that theater. And he was part of developing a small professional theater contract, which was one of the first in the country. And now that the, that contract is being used across the country. Uh, we, in fact, work on a higher tier now at this point because of our growth and development. But it was very important for me to reach forward and to, quite frankly, Claire, challenge myself to see how far I could go in terms of dealing with people that uh, I would learn from as well. And surrounding myself with those people, and to this date even, we have amazing people. Brian Prather designing some sets. Uh, we have a fabulous Christina Watanabe doing our lighting. These are professionals who work across the country, and um, we're very pr- proud to be able to bring them to the Hudson Valley and have people see their work firsthand, very often on brand new shows, brand new experiences. We just had a show, Daniel's Husband, which was done last season by Michael McKeever at our theater. Then it went to the Cherry Lane Theater under the auspices of primary stages. And there's a future for that play indeed. That started here. That was developed here, and people saw it at the Penguin first. My feeling is that I've given them that opportunity to see it in the hands of professional artists. And I'm so supportive of community ventures and even community theaters around. There's the beautiful Elmwood Theater. There's the Antrim Theater. These theaters, I so am proud that they are in this county, and I support them. The difference is, for me, was I wasn't at home with that experience because I very much wanted to see my artistic vision translated through professional artists. 
you know, I, I never really cottoned to seeing my dentist play Tevia. So that's just what that is for me. And um, in this situation, I feel that we're, we're doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. So Andrew, over the past 40 years of mounting productions, has Penguin always had that same mission? I think starting with the fifth year, Joe had the thought of doing something very different, and that was doing new plays and developing new works using professional talent, and that's something that never really had existed in this county, and in fact, across the country, there probably, you know, you can count on your both hands the number of theaters that have a similar mission that exist outside of cities. You know, suburban professional theaters are are something of an oddity in this country, notwithstanding that so much of our population now lives outside cities and are really hungry for unique cultural experiences. So I think starting with the fifth year, Joe started developing and doing new plays. We started hiring actors who are part of the Actors' Equity Association, which is the union for professional actors and stage managers in this country. And I think we've really built on that and been on a roll for the last 35 years. So, Joe, tell us how it all began, and you felt that it was daunting to you at that time. It wasn't daunting to me, in the least. I was very young. (laughs) I didn't know what risk meant. I just knew that I needed to do this and and surrounded by some of my students even at North Rockland High School uh, who had either just graduated or seniors and uh, we went into that wonderful barn. I, I met with Reverend Palm who uh, was running the uh, Stony Point Conference Center at the time and the Stony Point Conference Center I was drawn to it because as a teacher we would always kind of fight for the kids that were there because they were exceptional children who had been well-traveled and so I wanted to find out what this place was about and I discovered an amazing place in, in Stony Point, the Stony Point Conference Center and Reverend Palm kind of understood my passion if not exactly what I wanted to do and gave us the opportunity to be kind of a window onto the community for them and now it's very interesting we are certainly separate and apart in terms of our mission but so often we cross over because they are an organization of fellowship and communicating the most positive things about life and food justice and so many things that in fact often do cross over to the concerns of art so that's how that began I certainly wasn't concerned about the results. I just knew that I needed to do it. When the results started happening is when Andrew Horn joined us in terms of the business aspect, and I was being told no. (laughs) And, you know, being told no, you can't. Uh, We can't afford this, or we can't go there, because we are hiring professionals in this area, so this has to be cut, or that has to be cut. So um, that's when I started to uh, feel the challenges, and now, of course, if you ask me, yes, it is daunting. Now, ironically, this many years in, it is in fact daunting keeping a professional theater alive with funding sources being so cut. I often think of a young intern who once said to me, I want to do a theater too. I want to found a theater. Well, I remember early on inviting Kitty Carlisle Hart through Arlene Francis to the theater. The Arlene Francis, the um, actress and television star. 
and she came to the theater. She gave us, she gave me her blessing, and was supportive through the New York State Council on the Arts. That funding was amazing for us. We are still funded by the New York State Council on the Arts, but certainly to a far less degree. So realities have shifted. So it is daunting, but well, I'm I'm up for it. Challenges become different. What Joe was saying, the challenges, when he started the theater, literally the physical building was an 1880s hay barn with a sliding door to enter. Power really came from another building. There was no heat, there was no air conditioning, there was no insulation, and the shows were so good, people still came. (laughs) But it created a tremendous impetus, you know, really starting around our ninth season to convert the the building into more of a professional facility and we were able to raise the funding to then make the theater you know air conditioned heated having comfortable seats have you know professional lighting so that's been one of the trajectories of the theater when joe talks about some of the challenges financially you know when we talk about Penguin being a professional theater, we pay actors a weekly salary. We pay them for health and pension so that they get you know, medical coverage. Same thing with the designers. Same thing with the directors. And as everyone knows, those are not inexpensive costs. But we think it's important because artists who do what they do really deserve to be recognized and to make a living wage. You're listening to WRCR in Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan, and today I'm speaking with my guests, Joe Brancato and Andrew Horn, about the 40th anniversary of Penguin Rep Theater. You talked a little bit about the rehabilitation that's gone on over the Mm. years. Let's talk a little bit about that, because this year you've been awarded a Rockland County Executive's Historic Preservation Merit Award for those efforts. Yay! So we know it didn't start out as a theater. It had been a barn. The conference center had used it as a performance space, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't a theater per se with, no, all the, no. with all the kinds of things you need. So mm-hmm. tell us about what has happened over the years with that physical space and how wonderful it is. Well, when I, I'll start about when I first walked into the barn and stumbled over um, farm equipment that it was stored there, and it was cold. I remember it was very, very cold, and Fran Newman was at my side, a student of mine, and we walked in, and it was like really cold, and I thought, hmm, this, I don't know, this can work. The beauty part of it, and Andrew will tell you how it evolved to being what it is today, but the beauty part of it was that though in the renovation or attention that we made to making it more comfortable, we still kept the insistent on keeping the feeling you are in a barn theater. Nothing replaces that, the wood, the acoustics, the feeling that's there. It may not have the luxury of gorgeous lobbies and things like that and crystal chandeliers, but it's a reminder of the, the very basic experience of theater. I remember putting up on the side our first year because we didn't have air conditioning. Can you imagine, Claire, people going to a theater and not having air conditioning with lights on them in the middle of August? Well, they did it. People did it, by the way. You know what I mean? They did do it. It is amazing, because forget it today. Um, And those same people wouldn't do it today. But anyway, we did it. I remember putting up and coming up with this idea of a big screen on the sliding glass door and we, on, the, on the barn door, and we would, we would tack it on each evening, have the screen there, and somehow get an exhaust and blow air through as people were watching the plays. 
actors sweating under those lights. So it, we, have a, a, we had a very primitive experience the first couple of years, and it's a great tribute to the people who have actually stayed with us. We have subscribers from the very first season still with us. And so that experience was great. But in terms of the renovation and what happened to that gorgeous barn in this uh, area. Joe's right. We always wanted to retain the, the wonderful feeling that you're in a barn. So when we did do the things like putting insulation on or a new roof, it actually was always done to the exterior of the building. And obviously we added bathrooms, um, there was dressing rooms added, but it, it's very much a found space. And it is, especially a lot of our audience comes from outside of Rockland, and for them it's it's sort of mine boggling because you you're so close to the city and you come and you're in the country the barn is on beautiful grounds next door we have an enormous organic garden sometimes there are chickens there we have picnic tables there's a lot of trees and greenery so it, it really is a very wonderful pastoral setting tell us a little bit about the feeling that you get from not only your audiences, but the actors. Yeah, the actors, and some of our actors return time and time again, uh, or wish to return, and, and certainly uh, we love having them back, and designers as well, and you wonder why. They're, they're making not the salary that they could make in, by doing certain other things, but there's this experience that one has of, as the audience feels to a, a piece of work, they feel also from the audience this connection that's very rare to get this level of work in such a, a space as this. And that feeds each other, actually. That, that's a very wonderful experience that feed each other. And so that's it's really exciting to see and, and very encouraging to hear actors say, I, I want to be here. I want to I tell this story in this space. There is something very rewarding about being on the grounds here at the Stony Point Conference Center. You know, if you get upset about something, what, are you going to kick a tree? I mean, really, it's, 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 everything becomes in focus. It's amazing what, when you're in touch with and reminded of, the, uh, you know, what is there. I mean, many of these actors work and designers work daily in Manhattan. And they go outside and they have a lot of pressures at the theater and then they hit the subway and then they hit the concrete. Here, the experience is so rewarding and feeding back. And even the same thing with my audience, whether they prefer a play over another play, that's not the issue. It's the experience of meeting new characters in a story and discussing them and perhaps sitting on the part. In fact, we encourage people, bring your little box lunch and sit on one of our picnic tables outside and, and do that. And, you know, you mentioned the, our, that wonderful honor that the Historic Society is, is giving us, which is amazing. We have become part of that, and we are so proud of that. We have done something with something that was there and had a purpose and had a, and had a life in a different era. And now we have given it a new life, and hopefully in the future someone else will. And that's, to me, essentially what the historic society is about. It's not just, it's not a stagnant society. It's, a, it's alive, and it pays tribute to that movement, not, oh, this is a place and that stodgy sensibility of may it just rest and be there. It's not, and, and we, we hopefully are a reminder of that. Sadly, so much of the county and, and its history is lost as we develop more and more. And it's been important to us to figure out how to make the barn work theatrically and still remain true to its origin. And, and one of the things that, that's worked out incredibly well is that 
no seat in the theater is more than 30 feet away from the stage. Mm -hmm. So for an actor, it's amazing to have that audience relationship. For an audience, it's amazing to be able to experience a play in that way. I I did want to say one thing. Penguin, though, is more than just its home theater, because now... You know, so much of our work is seen across the country. Before we started rehearsals for our first show, Joe was in California directing The Devil's Music, The Life and Blues of Bessie Smith, which is a play by a Rockland County playwright, Angelo Parra, which Joe conceived of, Angelo wrote, and we produced originally at Penguin, I think in 2000 and then again in 2001. And since then, that same production has gone to Off-Broadway, where it ran for nearly two years. It's gone to Canada twice. It's gone to Florida, I think, three or four times. It just went to California, and hopefully we'll hit all the states. And come August, the production is going to be seen in Washington, D.C. So, And since it's about the life of Bessie Smith, I plan on knocking on Michelle and Barack's door and getting them there. So. Good for you. Absolutely. Good for you. So why don't you tell us about what's on tap for this upcoming season? Sure. This season we have some very interesting offerings. We have a play called Trafe. T-R-A-Y-F is how we spell it. Trafe is by a lovely young writer. Her name is Lindsay Joel. And it's um, about this man, Zolmi, who lives a kind of a double life. By day, he is a um, Chabad and seeks to be in the mitzvah then with his partner, Shmuley. And they run across some very interesting ventures. It's a, it's a comedy, but it's a comedy with tremendous heart. And it speaks to everyone about that certain doubt that we may have about the journey that we are, have selected for ourselves and the journey that we are on. And uh, there's a questioning, certainly, and it's a beautiful portrayal by the gentleman who starred in our production of The Immigrant last year, Jason Liebman, and a wonderful cast surrounds him. And it's di- directed by Benjamin K. Mine, and I think that it would be a really warm opening to our season. We're following it with a production that I did a version of a number of years ago, which I was blessed to have the actor Kevin Spacey produce for us ultimately in New York with the Melting Pot Company. And we ran in New York and then ran on the West Coast. Uh, Cobb is by Lee Blessing. And it's a story that centers on this incredible baseball player, legendary baseball player, Ty Cobb. But in fact, he is questioning himself at this point, at his very moment of his passing on, because in fact, he never really will know if he's the best, because he's haunted by the ghost of an incredible baseball player from the Negro Leagues by the name of Oscar Charlson. He was called the Black Cobb because, of course, they robbed their names and gave them the names of Babe Ruth or Cobb or whatever. This amazingly energetic uh, story certainly centers on a baseball legend, but I found speaks to people on so many other levels for its lack of, perhaps in our society, the lack of inclusiveness in measuring our own accomplishments. So it questions that, I think, beautifully and very entertainingly. And it's a great, it's a great show for, for folks who are interested in baseball, in Ty Cobb, or in our society and the situation that we have today in terms of this concern about non-inclusiveness. Then we're following it with a play called Syncopation by Alan Nee. Alan Nee was a gentleman who actually Andrew commissioned to write the script called The Man Who Was Peter Pan, which is the basis for 
The movie with Johnny Depp, Finding Neverland, which then became the musical, that all started at Penguin Rep. Syncopation is about a beautiful Italian, young Italian immigrant girl in the 1920s who meets this wonderful butcher who decides at night, a Jewish butcher, who decides at night that he wants to give dancing lessons. And the two of them have a wonderful journey and the immigrant experience and the questions still within there and it's reflected beautifully. You want to tell more about the season, Andrew? Sure. And then the last show is a, a play that Joe has been working on with playwright Frederick Stoppel, and it's called Fall River, and it's about um, a celebrity from an earlier time, and that's Lizzie Borden. You know, before O.J. Simpson, probably <laughs> the biggest celebrity case we had in this country was Lizzie Borden. It's very entertaining. We do, as part of our season, we do Monday evening readings of new plays. This year, they're accompanied with tastings by local restaurants, and Fall River came out of last year's reading series. So that's exciting. In addition, Fred Strappel wrote Small World, a play we did two years ago about the collaboration between Walt Disney and Igor Stravinsky. And that production... On, uh, on, the, on the movie... Oh, Fantasia. Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Right. That's going to move into New York City in September. Oh, and then we yeah. have coming up also, Claire, uh, Robert Wall, who is a television star, a movie star. He had visited us before at the beautiful Rockland Community College in Suffern, and he's returning this uh, year on September 23rd with a production called Shistery Happens. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh, I got a laugh from Steve here. That's great. Shistery happens. And uh, good to have funny. Funny is good. Um, And it's a remarkably insightful piece. And of course, you know, Robert is just so wise in his comedy. And I know that people will really want to see that. And we also are very appreciative in this another wonderful organization in terms of, the, of supporting these events, the Rockland Community College and the Performing Arts there under Patty Maloney, Titlin, and, and Christopher Plummer have been very supportive in helping us get projects there to a, perhaps a different audience. And that's been a wonderful tradition for the theater as well. Well, it sounds like an amazing season coming up. So tell our listeners how people find out uh, you know, if they want to come to a show or they want to come to a reading, what do they do? Well, they can go to our website, which is uh, penguinrep.org, P-E-N-G-U-I-N-R-E-P.org, or they can just give us a call, 845-786-2873, 845-786-2873. The theater is in Stony Point, which is really a beautiful part of the county. Well, thank you so much. I think we are running low on time, so I'm going to thank you so much oh, for being here. Thank uh, you and for having us. We really and we will see you soon at this wonderful event abs- on Sunday. Absolutely. Um, good luck with the, the, the 40th anniversary season of Penguin Rep. Thank you so much, Claire. So remember that everything we talked about, as well as a recording of this broadcast, will be available on our website. That's rocklandhistory.org and we hope you will tune in to the next episode of Crossroads of Rockland History on Monday, June 19th when we'll explore two new exhibitions that are on view at the Historical Society. First, the art of Robert Berghart and the Women's Suffrage Centennial. So please tune in. That'll be Monday, June 19th at 9.30 a.m. We have wonderful upcoming events, exhibitions, and programs at the Historical Society, so I hope you will log on to our website. That, again, is rocklandhistory.org to learn what's coming up, including our boat excursions on the Hudson River, 
day trips through Stony Point, and lots more. Follow us on Facebook, where we have a growing group of friends and fans. You can follow me on Twitter, or be sure to check out our blog on Tumblr. It's called Rockland History Blog. And do come visit us in New City. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. Mm-hmm.